compassion uh, lends to meaning mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah. You know, I think if you're apathetic about things, then you're not really living. Yeah, passion leads to meaning yeah. and joy in life. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in Blight Company. My name is Jose. And I'm Joel. This week, we will talk about fake news. But before that, let's talk about what we have on tap. So, Joel, what did you pick up today? This is the perfect beer to have because our whole theme with beer has been we're getting away from all this IPA mania, and I think it really is has become a mania, and getting down just to regular old straight lagers, and we're also totally into local beers, and so here we have a combination of the two with a brand new beer. In fact, I don't know if it's brand new, but I know it's fairly new, and it's just called Lager by Firestone, and it is, I I mean, you can't really comment on it because it's just a lager. It tastes like so many other lagers, but it's good. So it tastes like a higher quality Bud Light. It it does. (laughs) That's exactly it, yeah. It's just Bud, but better. And it actually, I mean, it looks beautiful. Yeah, they got these little bubbles are coming up to the surface. Yeah, champagne beer, basically. Yeah, it's got great head. That's what she said. It's got 4.5% alcohol Perfect. content. Drink a boatload of it and you're good still. It's like a summer day, like yeah. barbecuing kind you of thing. lawn on a 90 degree day and just have six or 18 of these. Yeah, it sounds it's, it sounds like a good time. <laughs> I'd hold you all night any day of the year. The way that you taste, I love you, my beer. Oh, why don't you get into the groove? One simple, make it clear. The bull's got more taste than beer. And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Jose and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for about two minutes, though we tend to be a bit loquacious, so that isn't a strict time limit. This week, I will discuss this stat that I read the other day. I can't remember what article was from. And I'm going to actually ask you, Jose, and I'm going to bring in our great guest for a second, the great Marcus and ask a question. I don't want to hear you guys' honest response. Mm-hmm. In 1953, mm-hmm. what percentage of the population, and I asked my three sons this because I want to make sure they understand the history of racial sort of relationships in the United States. What percentage of the American public in 1953 do you think were okay with interracial marriage? What percentage in 1953? Jose, you first. Just uh, take a wild guess. I Try to get it as accurate as possible. I would say like 20%. 20%? Marcus? I would say about 35 35%. A Pew, which is a reputable yeah. um, polling organization, a Pew organization poll in 1953, and I hope I have that year right, said that 4%, and this is 4,000 people they polled, 4%, which just shocked me. My kids also said around that, my wife said a little lower, she said like 15, 20%, but 4%. Wow. So, I mean, for one, let's be sad about how things were back then but let's just right now let's toast to amazing awesome uh progress in the united states because guess what it is now 100 (laughs) percent 
I know. It, that is not 100% is shocking. Yeah. 35%. <laughs> 96%. 96 Well, it's yeah. close to it. Something like, it was 96 or something. So, we uh, don't have to get our facts perfect here, don't we? This is only the episode on fake news. I, I, Marcus wins, though, by Price is Right standards. <laughs> Closest yeah. without going over. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, what is your uh, talk on? So I feel like I always go over the time limit, but so I'll try to keep it oh, short. This and is sweet. a tradition. Come on, it is a tradition. It's I like one it. I would like to work on, but I want to talk this week on the topic of people who are spiritual, not religious, and I would call this part one. And under this category, I would talk about. I want to talk about people who say religion is bad, and that we should focus on the relationship with Jesus solely. On this show, we talk a lot about false choices, right? Either or options, and we've. At least, I know, I we have always talked about either or choices usually present something false, right? Usually it's both and, yeah. a little bit of both. Yeah. And I would say this is a perfect example of that. So instead of saying either relationship or religion, I would say it's both. Relationship with Jesus? With Jesus. Okay. Because this is why it's part one. Because part one, I'll focus on Christianity. And then part two, I'll just focus in general on people who are spiritual. But the word religion actually comes from the Latin religere, which means to bind, hmm. right? So when we talk about binding... I think some people think negatively, like slavery or something. But binding actually meant in the sense of covenant. Like you are bound together as part of this, um, well, it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't understand is a covenant is familial, right? Like we're a part of a family. So a lot of American Christians will repeat, well, religion's bad. It's all about relationship. Without realizing, of course, that that's a tradition, <laughs> Of course. It's yeah, a tradition. That's, that's, that's their traditional yeah. understanding. And it's a, it's a purely American tradition. Yeah. I think that's why you see so many denominations in our country, because that concept is, resonates so much with American individuality. Yeah. And with a hyper stress on freedom. Yeah. Right? So it becomes about me. My personal relationship with Jesus, right? right? Yeah, that's a my distinctly, personal... I think, American uh, viewpoint of religion. I don't see that in in European Christian churches at all. No, and, and, and if you were to talk to someone 2,000 years ago, a Christian 2,000 years ago, and say... It was a communist Is religion system. bad? <laughs> it was they would total have, communal. Totally. They would have said, oh, of course we have a religion. Jesus came to earth. He came and he established a religion. And it was a religion that was... A religion of relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And so they didn't look at it as, as distinct. Like, religion's bad. It's all about relationship. No, it's both. It's both and. Religion is a relationship in a covenantal bond as part of a community, mm-hmm. right? And we can't just atomize it as, well, your individuals having this private, personal relationship. It's instead you're having a personal relationship, yes, but as part of a larger community. So I, I completely reject the idea that religion is bad. What is part two about? So part two, two four. So part two will be like in general. Pew has done some research on this, and America is becoming less religious. But actually they're reporting more spiritual that is more That is, I, I'm stoked that you're going to get into that because I'm so interested. Okay, so now we will dive into our topic of fake news. But before we begin, I think we should first 
introduce our guest this week, right. Mr. Marcus. And I've known Marcus for about 15 years now, but hilariously enough, this is a small world. Joel and Marcus were actually friends way back when. So I'll let you All guys... Right. There is a great elementary school called Alvin Elementary School. Only the acorns, but I know the tigers. I don't even know what they are now. I think that they're the tigers now. Can you believe they changed that on us? We, we're oak trees now. I know. We're no longer acorns. We're now oak trees. Yeah, we are old. I mean, it's been such a long time. But Marcus and I have hung out a ton. Uh, back in the day, especially in junior high, sixth grade, when I think sixth grade or fifth grade is when you moved into town. Sixth grade, yeah, the yeah. summer former sixth grade year. And eighty-one uh, lived right across the street from my good buddy, and just hung out a ton. And and here we are, we uh, reunioning, reunioning, or What's reunited, it? whatever. Uh, reunited, friends, and friends reunion. So good. Yeah. Anyway, it's so cool. Cheers, uh, Marcus. Oh shit. I'm out of here. I'll get you. Cheers. Wife is here, <laughs> the great Krista, and she's going to chime in when she wants to. We can, I can pretend like she's not here. <laughs> the great Krista, or Krista, I'll be about your last name, so That's it works okay. out. <laughs> anyway, so it is so cool to um, just totally riff with Mark. Marcus? Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I, I think about our other uh, common friend that we had, um, Mark Grinnell. I, I thought, I, you know, I... I'm a sentimentalist, and not only uh, beyond that, I'm also someone who appreciates the good things in life. And the good things in life, uh, human-wise, were definitely you and Mark during my childhood. You guys really made my transition to Central Coast uh, a pleasurable one, and, yeah, I, I, and I still think you guys are this. Nice. You know, You're very kind, and we totally, we just, we hit it off, and we had a lot of fun together. So yeah. it's so cool to get and, together again. And also on a personal level, uh, you you and Mark both had really strong, still have very strong family units, and I was coming from a broken family. And so uh, to hang out with two families such as yours and the Brunells really made a difference. And now i got goosebumps on top of goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark Brunell is, you guys mentioned Mark, so who's Mark? Mark is a just a friend. I don't know that if we talk about his background, everybody will know who he is, so we should probably stop there. But because he's kind he's of He's a famous. journalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a sports journalist, correct. And then I don't know if he's that's sports. He but anyway, he's a good friend of ours. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so with the introductions out of the way, we're so glad Marcus is here to join us. We want to jump into this phenomenon of fake news. But before we begin, I always think it's important to define our terms. Yeah. So having said that, what is fake news? What is it? I would say it is news that is false. That that oh no, you know, we are English teachers, Jose, yes. you and I. And when a student makes a claim, we demand what? Evidence. Evidence. So, fake news. Here's a good definition. Fake news has no evidence to back it up. No. Is, that, is that a good way yeah. of saying it? I think fake news is always dependent on sensationalism to sell its papers or its, its uh, commercials. But the difference between fake news and news news, the sensationalism is still there for both. But like you alluded to, there is accountability for actual news organizations, print, media, whatever it might be. And their editors, their bosses, their producers, yeah. they will fire them. If they get something wrong intentionally, if they do something, right, right. and if it even is unintentional, they'll still get reprimanded and possibly even terminated. And here we and so sh- there's no fake news about that stuff. We should bring up this crazy occupation that a lot of people don't even know about. These people in newsrooms called fact checkers. Yes. 
Yes. They make money. They are hired. They make tons of phone calls. They make sure that things are backed up by real evidence, by yep. people on the record who were there. And and you and two people I can think of have gotten in trouble in the media for reporting things inaccurately or falsely. Mm-hmm. Um, one, Dan Rather mm-hmm. for that oh, yeah. for that George W. Bush. Um, story he did back in the day. Oh, yeah. He was he was removed from the um, anchor spot on CBS News. By a liberal organization? They, I know. Liberals. I, yeah. Amazing. And then Brian Williams. In other words, they did the right thing. Yes. And then Brian Williams got his hand slapped. Yeah. And he lost his spot on the NBC Nightly News. He, he did some story. He said he was part of some mission in Iraq or something. I forget exactly if what If Fox happened. News had to remove people, I mean, I'm they, glad, would I'm they have anybody? Fox News, run by or owned by Robert Murdoch, a British national mm-hmm. who, in his own country of England, was banned from owning news organizations because of the line in the spine that his news organizations in England did. So what does he do? He comes over to America and buys Fox. And is now a citizen, by the way. I don't think Fox had a news organization before he bought no. it. So he buys Fox, which is just a TV station at the time, starts implementing his agenda through Fox. I'm going to use quotations here for those who can't see it. News. Uh, news. <laughs> and when it's really just punditry, and not even good punditry at that, it's punditry filled with lies and hidden, and not even so much hidden, but agendas. And it's, uh, you know, it's no secret that Sean Hannity has become the talking oh, yeah. point for President Trump. I, mean, I think totally. that we have to talk. I'm glad you brought up, I mean, we all brought up Fox because is that like sort of the start of it all? I mean, I think so. I, I, I agree. I mean, I it's crazy. It's not to get simplistic. It's not just Fox, but they no, are right. the, the they face originated. Of it. They're right. the face of it. They're, right. they're, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> This idea that Cronkite and Rather and all these people—I mean, Rather screwed up, but he was—he was full of integrity. Nobody He's should still full of integrity. Yeah, absolutely, he made a slip and he paid the ultimate price for it. But, um, or not the ultimate price, but he paid the, the ultimate occupational price for it and lost his position. Yeah. But and this was a man who was, like I said, the face of CBS News for years and years and years, yep. with the exception of that one issue. This man is solid with his with his. And reporting he's still and his, solid. On, he has a Facebook. Um, I, I, I post something today on his Facebook. Yeah, see? He's followed by thousands and thousands of people. Well, fake news, I, I looked up the definition, is defined as a type of yellow journalism, which harkens back to... Um, Hearst. Hearst, of course. Mm-hmm. And his castle is like, what, an hour north of us? Mm-hmm. Or propaganda that consists of deliberate misinformation or hoaxes spread via traditional print or broadcast news media or online social media. Yeah, but also in the attempt mm-hmm. to it's promote your own side, your own team. Deliberate mm-hmm. intention. Yeah, deliberately. And deliberate. Which truth doesn't have a team. And um, Thank you. Yes, it does not. Yeah, the truth exactly. is truth. Yeah. Collins Dictionary in 2007 said fake, fake news was their word, or phrase, I guess, of the year. And the term's usage since the 2016 election has risen by 365 percent. Well, that, when you have the the person in the White House constantly saying that the, the enemy of the state is the, the free press, they're fake news, they're mm-hmm. this, they're that, but the one that he doesn't call out is Fox News. Right. You know, it doesn't take, you don't have to scratch below the surface very long before you realize that, well, this is not the case at all, you know? Well, well, let's delve into right to the center of the core right now. So Trump is so sinister 
Yeah. I mean, that he can actually take real facts yeah. and twist them and, and make a huge segment of our society believe that they are lies. That's really where we're at right now. We are at the leader of our country so sinister as to promote the dissemination of lies, the fooling, the tricking of yeah. a huge segment of population who will truly follow him. I mean, he's already talked about shooting people on Fifth Avenue and nobody cares. That's the truth. I mean, and it's scary. I don't know that there's anything we've talked about um, with regards to Trump that really gets to his sinister... Um, well, we did a whole episode last week. <laughs> I mean, but we stayed away from from fake news, but, yeah. but that he has said about the media that they're just fake. Yeah, he, he, huge, he, he calls CNN, New York Times, all these legitimate news organizations fake. But I have to give credit to people like John McCain. John McCain called out Trump, and basically he said, The president must understand his harmful rhetoric only empowers repressive regimes to jail reporters and silence the truth. Because now people like Bashar al-Assad in Syria or like the crazy dude in the Philippines, they're calling their journalists fake news. They're using Trump's language to repress dissidents in their country. And of course, where did Trump get his hate speech from? I mean, that, I mean make back. America great again, they're saying make Germany great again in the 1930s. Yeah. You know? I mean, they, the Hitler cult said that the free press was the enemy of the state. But I mean, this is word. a playbook that is used mm-hmm. by totalitarian dictators. Mm-hmm. And we are in that part of history? This is shocking. Well, let's look at a couple I, of things. Today, in Afghanistan, another terrorist bombing, but targeting journalists. Ten journalists killed today. Yeah. You know, international journalists who are going into a war-torn area to find truth, not to find fake news. They're risking life. They're not risking their lives to go across to some war-torn country to find fake news. To drug. Yeah. They're going there to find the truth of the matter and to spread it around the world so that people know, have a better idea what's going on in Afghanistan. And they intend to pay the you know, price. You know, let's, yeah. first of all, right now, give a full-on toast, toast. to journalists, journalists who are the reputable reputable journalists for doing what they're doing for us. I mean, let's also talk about the difference between editorials and and straight news. I mean, news is still... Because that's the one part, like editorials, for instance, whether it be print or media, uh, is the one part of the news that's allowed to be opinion. Right. The rest cannot be a but, but you have Americans and a lot of people don't understand the difference anymore. They don't. they don't. And they can't immediately understand when, like, remember the old worksheets we got where we were giving all these statements, opinion or fact? Yes. You know, and it's like, we should be giving those more. And and people need to immediately understand when something's editorialized or is straight news. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fake news is like a modern phenomenon, but it's not new. And, oh, um, hell no. Because lying is not new. Lying right. is not new, for Been sure. since human language. But you can look back to, what was it, 1939, Orson Welles on the radio, and he had his whole War of the Worlds hoax. And people were literally freaking out. But was it, excuse me for interrupting, but mm-hmm. was it a hoax or was it actual, was it a kind of like, presentation on the radio presentation. that people thought was real? Yes. It wasn't intentionally, intentionally meant to be a hoax, was it? I don't know if it was meant to be intentional, but what's interesting about that is the people who were listening believed it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a sense of, well, I'm reading it on the internet 
or I'm hearing it on the radio, or I'm seeing it on the in the in the news media. So it must be true. And I think that's a, an aspect of fake news that we really need to focus on because people don't have the wherewithal to understand skepticism. To dis- exactly to discern between what's fact and what's fiction. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the bottom line is like. Too many people, and, and since I live in America, I'll discuss Americans, mm-hmm. are too lazy to research things. Yeah, totally. And like, so, take so research anything. again, we, let's get back to, well, how do you do it? How do you, I mean, and it boils down to evidence. I mean, yeah. well, like, oh, so Trump's, I, uh, his claim that Obama wasn't a citizen. Where's your evidence? To be able to analyze that evidence, is that not an educational fault? Is that not a problem with <laughs> well, educational But the birth certificate, system? even when Obama showed the what, short, short version of the birth certificate, right? I know there's two mm-hmm. different kinds. They short still didn't believe it. Right. No. So he, he so, could have had the doctor right there that delivered him be there. He could have had, he could have a video of him being delivered. In 19, whatever right. it was, he's born in Hawaii, and they still wouldn't believe it. So it is the the primacy of your gut versus your brain. I, I think would say that is the the guts winning in today's society. Not even that. I would say it's ideology that's winning. You no, know, absolutely, I, I agree. I, yeah, I agree with the ideology. Yeah. I don't think it's the, the gut now. I think it's the ass instead of the brain. The <laughs> ass. They're thinking with their ass right now. I mean, guts instinct. There's something to be said for gut instinct. It's a natural defense mechanism for a reason. But the gut goes to this idea that. That we are tribal, and in the old days, tribalism kept you alive. I'm talking yeah. th- maybe a hundred thousand years ago. Whereas today, you gotta, you gotta. Um, the only thing that tribalism has that say is the ideology of the people who are being tribal. You know, right. tri- we don't need tribalism right. necessarily for survival, for physical survival, unless you're talking about us as a human species and planet and on a planetary scale, right. on a cosmic right. scale. Yes, we still need to be tribal. But that's not happening. I believe, you know, for if I may be a little nerdy here, I I'm. I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I believe that we need to have a Star Trek global community. Star Trek. I think uh, it's a great analogy in that we need to be more Spockian. We do. We need to, to rule See, with hum- our head rather than our gut. Yeah, because the human, to be human is to be emotional. Right. And that's innate. Exactly. But to be logical is something you need to train. The brain exactly. is a muscle. It's hard. Am I, can, am I, not, am I uh, yeah. right on that? Mm-hmm. The brain's a muscle. Like any muscle needs to be exercised. That's what school's for. That's what critical thinking is for. That's what brainstorming is for. You don't have to go to school with other people to learn. Pick up a book. Right. Look at Abraham Lincoln. You know, I mean, right. he just grabbed some books and just read. Absolutely. And then when he came to a higher power, he decided that, you know, something, I'm not going to surround myself with an echo chamber of people from my cabinet. I'm going to surround myself with what, a team of rivals. A team of rivals, yeah. And, and that was, I thought, was what made him so successful in that tumultuous time in American history, especially with the office of president, is that he surrounded himself with people like, listen, I need to know what, what what's the South think? What's their mindset like? Yeah. Okay, it's still wrong, but I just didn't want to know. Right. So let's bring up some full on examples of, of this fake news. Pizza Talk about that. So here's the funny thing about Pizzagate. During the 2016 election... And a boatload of people believe this. Crap. Yes. There was, on conservative outlets like Infowars, Breitbart, there was a story that Hillary Clinton was running this, like, sex slave <laughs> ring or something out of the basement, out of a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. All right, I'm going to stop you right there because I think people also believe things because they desperately mm-hmm. want to believe yes. things. Regardless. Irrespective. Irrespective, yeah. Uh, uh, along with the birth of thing. Even yeah. if they saw that the, it's not still not true, he's still a Kenyan. Yes. Well, yeah, well, he's half. You, well, you can dad's Kenyan. shovel evidence at these they people, don't care. but they don't care. That's the gut idea. See, you know? Colbert years ago had that whole bit on truthiness. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, truth is in your head, but 
truthiness is like in your gut. Yeah. It feels true. We're not members of the factinista. We go straight from the gut. That's where the truth lies. Do you know you have more nerve endings in your gut than you have in your head? Right. Even Bill Maher says, like, I don't know for sure. Or I don't know if it's fact, but I just know for sure that. And then he was saying, yeah. Right. yeah. So to finish this Pizzagate story. So we think it's hilarious because it sounds ridiculous. But this kid. Ed Welch, his name, his name was Ed Welch. He got an AR-15 and he went to this pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. to free the sex slaves from this basement. <laughs> well, surprise, surprise. One, there were no sex slaves. And two, this place didn't even have a basement. <laughs> I was okay. going to say, it didn't have a basement. It didn't even have a basement. I mean, it's funny, but, I mean, real world consequences. Yes. There are serious real world consequences. What if you would have walked in that uh, pizza place and went uh, Tennessee Waffle House on them? Yeah, yeah and started exactly, shooting Exactly, exactly. So there are real world And there are people on the edge, by the way, of reality versus fantasy. And these guys are slipping to the wrong side because yeah. of people like, uh, who's that one? One guy, by the way, that oh, what's his name? Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Because finally, like, finally getting sued for defamation by oh, family members. Man, if he I'm sorry. If I was one of those parents of Sandy, of Sandy Hook and say Alex Jones is in a room with me, he would not be walking out of that room. I mean, that guy, he, he should be scared, and he should be embarrassed, and I hope he loses. I think he has crossed the line. If he hasn't crossed the line, our laws are wrong, I yeah. think. And, and, and during the campaign, you've... Trump goes on a show countless times, and yep. one of the times he said, I, "If I win, I, I hope to make you proud and win." And, and I, he's groveling to Alex Jones. It, it was incredible just... that we have a president that grovels to this guy. Then people don't understand the surreality of our situation out there. They have no idea that our president is is conciliatory. To a guy like Alex Jones. So how, okay, so we have examples, we've defined it. How is, how is fake news disseminated? Like, how is it shared? Okay, yeah, let's get into that. So that's important. Echo chambers, and that's right in our intro. We got Fox already, but let's get into but the whole social media. Social media. Social yeah. media. And Where it used, to be, it used to be friends and family, you know, uh, functions, going on a date, and it spreads through wildfire. Before social media, things spread a lot, a lot slower, obviously, but they still spread. But social media is like, and I, by the way, I click. Next day, ten million. Yeah, shares. Right. You know? And I like the idea of friends. I do too. Um, totally getting together through social media. It's a great. I mean, it's a no-brainer. And and one of the wonderful things brought to us by social media. And then certain evil actors took advantage of it. Yeah. Anything like any great you know invention, there's people going to take yep. it and weaponize. They're it. like, oh, check yeah. this out. It's got to the point where I think social media and tribalism and people's fears. And, and any number of uh, facets have gone to a point where we are weaponizing misin- the, the spread of misinformation. We're mm-hmm. weaponizing fake news. I love the term weaponizing it. That's just so true. Because so true. I, I use that term because people are being hurt by this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not to, in the sense of war, unless you want to call warfare um, incarceration before education, um, war on poverty. You know, the $1.5 trillion tax cut for the rich, how, what's it going to do for the average American? Nothing except maybe what's make it gonna worse What's going to do to our deficit? <laughs> but the average American supported Trump and will cheer on that tax Because Trump said countless times, oh, you're going to be so rich when I'm president. Oh, you're going to be so rich so fast. Okay, you're going to have into it. Who's rich? You know, you have the reboot of Roseanne's uh, show coming back. In the very first episode, her and Dan are trading pills because they can't afford all the pills that they need. So they're trading their pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Because, and what was one of Trump's uh, 
campaign promises. I'm going to tackle that pharmaceutical companies, and your your pills going to be so cheap now from now on, blah blah. And yeah. why Roseanne came back supporting this man when she used to be a, a, a Karl Marxist, a Bernie Sanders type back in the '90s when she first had her show. Well, it seems people, to me yeah. that one of the amazing and shocking sort of strategies of Trump. Trumpus and all of his progeny and all the people that came before him is the um, turning on it the head on its head of truth. You, if something is true, you say the exact opposite and you push it so hard that you triple down and and it's such a hard thing to to, to beat and it's a trip. It's like people who know the truth are like. Holy smokes! He he yeah. pushes it so hard, and he, he doubles down. Right. Like, he must be he right. Must, yeah, and Obama's not saying anything in retaliation, so he must be right. Yeah, right. but you see, they don't. They confuse silence, like classy silence, with with uh, with belief, with, with with belief. You know, like well, right. yeah, but yeah. Obama, in my opinion, he's just not going to lower himself. You know, I think of his wife, he said, when they go low, we go high. And part of being going high, when Trump says all these things about it, I mean, he just said the other day, a new poll out, you know, blah, blah, blah way more popular than O ever was, you know. Mm-hmm. Why do you still have this thing for President Obama? He never said anything bad about you, even when he had every opportunity to do that. Oh, we got into that last episode when he said, it might be that Trump is even a president because Obama... Obama totally... He reamed him at the White House Correspondents' yeah. Dinner. I mean, and that might have been the sort of the impetus for... But, I mean, you're talking about one instance where yeah. Yeah. Trump spent his career basically bashing um, Obama. Mm-hmm. And is he like... We didn't even say this last time, but is he president because of his antagonism towards Trump? He's president because of the stupidity of too Obama. many Americans. Bill Maher, he's a comedian, he's a political um, analyst as well in a certain sense. He knows more about politics than most Americans. And when he first started calling a lot of Americans stupid, I kind of, I must admit, I cringed a little bit like, oh, you don't want to do that. I'm now with him. I'm I am sorry, too. But and to and I think that we need to stop talking about Trump and start talking about the American people. Mm-hmm. I keep on bringing he this up. He wouldn't be an officer. And you keep yeah. on, you're called an elitist. You're called this, uh, this Intellectual. Yeah. The, um, but, it's just like, no, Trump is not Trump because of, of himself. Trump is president because of the American people. We need to actually keep on haranguing on this. So the other thing I think we need to look to is is not just the malicious side of fake news, right? The fact that Trump is spreading it. Infowars, Fox News, they're spreading it. But there's also the... Because we're in a capitalist society, right? There's also a financial side to it, Ooh, and you yeah. have all these sites these, that that spread fake news. They they perpetuate um, these clickbait articles so they can make money. And there's this Bloomberg article called "Getting Rich from Fake News," and they focus on this guy named Cyrus Masumi. Um, uh, he's from Macedonia, and he's famous for these three articles. One, Pope Francis shocks world, endorses Trump for president. Totally. Fake. Second one, FBI agents suspected in Hillary email leaks found dead in apparent murder-suicide. So these articles... What did I just read? That those types of um, Facebook and articles got way more clicks... Yes. Than the others. So not only these guys are making money, they're making bank, but but they're also um, totally skewing basic knowledge and facts. Yeah. That's why defamation lawsuits, I think, are, are important. I think that's one of the solutions to how do we end this? Yeah, you got to have like with Alex Jones. You got to have people. If you're gonna put something, you can say whatever you want. Right. I can say you know the sky is green. You know, but if I'm gonna 
to you and you in, in a private settings. But if I'm going to go and try to make money off it, put it out there publicly, and especially if it's going to hurt people, then I am open. I think I should be open to defamation. I have to delve into this because I'm a little leery about this idea of some people deciding what truth is. But in something that egregious, I think I would agree. Well, you, I mean, okay. I that, mean, you give no. us if you got. I'm not talking about defam- defamation lawsuits where we say like I, I I call you all these names. You're ugly. You're this. You're that. Right. Right. That's right. opinion. But things but that can be backed up by facts that right. does hurt people. Right. That I think is is no, a I defamation agree. lawsuit I waiting agree. to happen, and it should happen. I agree, and I think that's one case where Americans basically have been so enamored of our First Amendment rights that we've sort of slipped from European law- wisdom. I guess we're yeah. we're enamored. Okay. Yeah, I always say yes, we are enamored of them, but like with most things, um, certain Americans are cherry picking the, yeah. the First oh, Amendment. Yeah. Right. The Wolf thing with the world, with the White House Correspondents' Dinner, um, the NRA with gun ownership, with the Second Amendment. They pick it. They they cherry pick what they want out of each amendment. Yeah, you know they overlook the like for instance the Second Amendment, the well <laughs> relegated well relegated militia. Where is that in any of what's going on with the gun issues in America right, right. now? Yeah, we and if you want to own as many guns as possible, fine. Own as many muskets as you want. Because that was the weapon that was around when this thing was put into place. Yeah. But there, it's different now. And even the founding fathers made these documents to be living, breathing documents to change with the times. They could yeah. not foresee AR-15s and all these other things. They could not see what happened at you know, the Jason Bodine concert in Vegas. They, they, not for, they could not foresee this. How Who could? Yeah, we talked about then. this idea that one of the main... F- by the founders was the credible hurdle that we have to get past to make an amendment in the United yeah, States. It's, it's too hard. Way too hard. All right, so yeah. let, you know what? Let's get into the, uh, in all yeah, this. We have to. All right. So is it a coincidence, I ask you, that Trump cozies up to Russia this crazy bad actor. Yeah. He actually, who takes over a, a region like Crimean nowadays mm-hmm. and is actually extolled by a, a president of the United States? And at the same time, uh, Russia happens to be, by all accounts, the source of so much fake news. The Ru- Russia is not just America. They tried it with France, and obviously Macron wins, but they, it was still close to that Le Pew or whatever the name was, the, the one that Russia was obviously their puppet. Yeah, almost right. won. Nationalists. Um, they, they succeed with Brexit. They try to succeed with, uh, with Angela Merkel. Luckily, she won her, what, her fourth term, something yeah. like that. But what I'm trying to say is the Russians are Trojan-horsing our democracy around the world, not just yeah. ours. They realize they, they are, can't win a war economically. They, are they can't win owning a war. us. They are, they are absolutely yeah. owning they, us. They yeah. can't they can they can own the re- they can own their region, yeah. Eurasia, militarily. They can't own the world globally, which is their uh, which is what Putin probably obviously wants. Right. And so but they realize okay if we can't do it militarily, we can't do it economically, we can do it democratically. And I know we're yeah, not absolutely but we're this to, is so we're true. To disease their democracy through misinformation. How we do that? Through yeah. cyber. Yeah. And, that, and that's what they've done, obviously. It's so obvious. And so, it's not just America. Yeah. What cracks me up is Putin has denied involvement in all of this. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like someone who denies breaking into a house. Kind of like OJ. OJ wrote that book, If I Did It, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes through and describes, well, if I did it, I would do this, this, and this. Putin kind of did something like that. So he denied involvement, saying, IP addresses can be so simply made up. 
There are such IT specialists in the world today, and they can arrange anything and then blame it on whomever. This is wow. no proof. So it's kind of like he's denying it, but at the same time expressing like a knowledge of the process. Yeah, like, like and that's and this, the IT's. You know, don't forget about those those villages in Crimea or in exactly. Ukraine that like every single one of them are on computers doing what my bidding. It's not that exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it's not a coincidence that the, that Trump is in bed with Putin or Russian whores peeing on each other. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's, it's, it's a comedy. It's a total comedy. It's, it's surreal. It's a comedy that is uh, we're living through. It's we're terrifying. Through. It's a it terrifying, terrifying comedy. But I think we need yeah. to remember that Putin used to be a KGB agent, yeah. right? Yeah. So while we're all and now at, let's not kid ourselves, the United States would probably use oh fake news up the yin yang to affect um, foreign uh, elections. And we have we've and used we violence. screwed up probably Vietnam. by doing that. The Gulf of Tonkin, yeah, that there was a pure lie that got us in the Vietnam War when the French who just exited Vietnam said, "I wouldn't go in there if I were you." Yeah. And we're so. So where do we stand on it? I mean, should the United States, if the means the is the, wrong, but the ends are right, no, no, is no, this no. Is okay, okay. okay? And that to, the, to get back to the example of Vietnam, that means and the ends were both wrong. We should never been there. Well, we not one, but let's say there are um, ends that are right, and it's pretty obvious to anybody. Okay, but the I, means are wrong. Me, is it still exactly okay? Like I mean, this that. is this is what you're a married man. You're a married man. I'm engaged. When your wife tells you these. Does this pants or this dress make my ass look big or something like that? <laughs> and you may think that it does, but you tell them, no, of course not. That's a lie. And you're on hope. But who's going to know but you? And it was for the greater good. Those lies, is that what you're talking about? Because that I can be behind. I can be behind those lies. I just yeah. need to step in real quick and say my my wife's ass does look really good in those pants. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will say this you're... advice. Don't say no. That Your ass is what makes your ass look big. Exactly. Like, that does never work. That, that does not work. never works. That guys. never works. So, and then I want to um, also just point out, you know, it's not complicated. I mean, it's not like, you know, the United States in the 80s, we waged this, like, counterintelligence thing in, in Afghanistan. They made that into a movie called Charlie Wilson's War. This is super simple. I mean, they have, the Kremlin has people who have set up fake or fraudulent Facebook accounts. Mm-hmm. And they use fake pictures. They trolls. use fake names. They're trolls. They spread out false information. They, they use those fake accounts and during the election spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on political campaign ads during Can the I, election. I, That's I w- super easy. It's not even complicated. But Facebook, why is it easy? Facebook dropped the ball. What made, no, no, not, I don't even want to, I don't even want to drop, I don't want to drop uh, the blame on Facebook, although they should have some share of the blame. My blame is with what made it easy for the Russians to do that? Stupidity. The American educational system floundering. The lack of funding for teachers in schools. We have done this to ourselves. We opened the door the for Russian system. for the Russians to uh, hack our cyber, misinform us, and we just invite them in, and they did it. Yeah. I agree. Now all of us don't agree with them, and all and some of us here in America realize what's going on. Right. But but for some reason, there's not enough of us that can really make a difference to turn the tide back to where it should be. Where right now we're living on the wrong side of history in this country, and there's not enough Americans. When you have a, a you know a rally in Georgia last week where there's burning huge Nazi symbols. Right. I thought that you're. Didn't you have fathers and grandfathers and great uncles who went across an ocean to go fight the people who had the symbol? The people, in fact, the country that had that symbol no longer has that symbol allowed to be legal in their country. You can't exactly. talk about hate speech. And I think I think that's the direction the United States needs to go in as well. You cannot go out into a crowd theater and yell fire. 
But at the same time, I don't think you can be able to say, like, you can't, these people are this, these people are that, to where, you know, even just at one time or over time, people were like, yeah, Muslims are really bad in this country, and they should just be, you know, get rid of them, yeah. Yeah, I I am struggling and wrestling with that um, free speech top uh, idea. Uh, to what extent does hate speech become violent in itself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does it become it's already violent. yelling fire in a crowd of theater. theater. Yeah, and that, that is something we have definitely not wrestled. Hate speech with needs it. to be addressed in this country. And I, and I and we are so because, enamored because with our freedoms. Exactly, you're so we're so enamored with our freedoms. And I'd rather be free, dead, a, a dead free man, than a living person who has slightly less freedoms but has a much better quality of life. And everyone has more opportunity, equality for everyone. What's wrong with that scenario? Yeah, but I think, and this, I, in other words, erring on the on the, the side of caution. Well, historically yeah. speaking, when you take away freedoms, you, it's for safety reasons. If you want more right. safety, then, uh, you get less freedoms. You want less more freedoms, you get mm-hmm. less safety. There can be a Goldilocks zone, if you will. Right. And if there's not, like you. Nothing's perfect. Let's get right. Life is scary. I'm sorry, but go. But I, I'm just gonna. I just. This is kind of something I've hit on before, and I, I feel like I'm, you know, beating a, a severely dead horse. But Americans have a perverted sense of freedom, and. Americans' concept of freedom... And it has everything to do with individualism. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it has... Americans' concept of freedom has nothing to do with freedom. It has everything to do with what's called license. It's basically equivalent to anarchy. I should be able to do whatever the f*** I want to do. And so when you have that attitude, you lose the sense of accountability or responsibility. A responsibility to this community that you live in. Not just the community, but responsibility to, if I'm going to use this speech, then I need to use it responsibly. If I'm going to use these weapons, I need to use them responsibly. I think the license you're referring to, I think, goes to a license for unbridled vanity and a license for unbridled selfishness. I'm an English teacher, and i got to bring up the word licentious right here because it plays on this word of license in in a negative word. People are licentious. Yeah. Very. Because it's like, well, I can say whatever I want. I have the yeah. first minute. Yeah, but what you're saying is equivalent to yelling fire in a, in a crowd of theater. Yeah, and we, we have been violent. super conservative in our interpretation of that. We need to be a little bit more liberal. When you have Americans holding tiki torches at night in the South Carolina town, college town, of all things, mm-hmm. saying that uh, blood, so, blood soil, you know, these were Nazi slogans against the Jews back in 1930s Germany, and then you have your president the very next day pretty much saying that, you know, there's good people on both sides. The system <laughs> we, is, oh, broken. Last time. The system is broken. That yeah. Jose just said, how in the world, and this needs to be brought up because people who are pro-Trump need to ask themselves, how in the world could you march with those guys? How in the world can you rationalize that? When you're walking in a crowd of people with Confederate flags and Nazi flags, how do you not go, oh, f- I'm in the wrong group. Yeah. You cannot say that <laughs> enough, Jose. You cannot I, I say that. That is beautiful. So as part of this whole investigation into Russia and Trump's obvious connections, Mueller, Robert Mueller, who's conducting the, the probe into all this, he has actually indicted 13 Russian nationals mm-hmm. as part of all of this. Mm-hmm. And one of them, Irina Viktorovna. Kaverzina, she said, because, you know, she's indicted. She basically said, I created all these pictures and posts, and the Americans believed that it was written by their people. (laughs) So they know 
that we are dumb mm-hmm. and gullible, and it, it, it's so obvious because I've I've seen people in my own in my own Facebook feeds, my own brother. They'll share things that are obviously false, mm-hmm. and when you call them on it, they'll stand by it one hundred percent. I got in a conversation with someone on Facebook, which is why I go back and forth beginning on Facebook, get off Facebook. It's like getting argument with someone on Facebook is like getting argument is like winning. If you win an argument with someone on Facebook, it's like you win an argument on a short yellow bus. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not there's not a whole lot of yeah. intelligence on Facebook. And that includes myself. But one of the conversations I had with this individual, who I, of course, didn't know, was like, you know, you're just, you know, you liberals are so whiny. Why don't you get your own facts? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I took umbrage to the last part there. I was like, what do you mean by your own facts? Are you talking about what you all do? Mm -hmm. Grabbing just whatever you think is facts and just throw it out there and just, you know, and that is it. It's not it. A fact is a facts matter, miss. Totally. And I don't know how to express that to you, but we never had this conversation before. I don't know, like 10, like they said before 2007 when fake news. Really, I don't want to remember when Trump was running for president. I don't mm-hmm. remember the factors of facts before 2015, 2016. When did it become? First, it was alternative news. Then alternative fake facts. News, yeah. Alternative facts, fake news. Don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. What it, it, you're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave. Alternative facts to that, but the point remains. Alternative facts. Look, alternative facts are not facts; they're falsehoods. And now Yuri is like one. One of us here is a liar. And I think that's the problem: is we no longer draw from the same pool of shared facts. Mm. We no longer draw from the same pool of information. Now it's like. Well, I go to my echo chamber over here, right? I listen to Fox News. Or I go to that echo chamber over there, and I listen to Breitbart. Or I go to that echo chamber, and I listen to InfoWars. Or I listen to CNN or New York Times. And so people are segregating themselves based on their ideology. Yeah. And we no longer have a shared pool of information that we can all agree that this is true. Call me silly, but I always thought that ideology was built from experience, information, facts. And then you're like, okay, this is who I am because of what I know, my experiences and what I've learned. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, people are it's like... It's the opposite. Yeah. Okay, this is what I believe in because whoever, so, you know, parents, guardians, whoever might be, taught me this. But I'm. But wait a minute. What This is this is something different. Well, it's a lie. It's I mean, lie. it also goes so hand in hand with this whole attack by the right on education. I mean, a recent poll just said that over 50% of Republicans actually are anti-college. Mm-hmm. It's shocking. Anti, it, this huge strain of anti-intellectualism in the United States is just coming back to bite us in a bad way. It's, but why? Because... I think that when, for instance, let's take social issues. When you um, can prove that, let's say, somebody is not gay because they choose that, that that is a choice. I mean, that is something that they're born with. And, and somebody has been taught from childhood to hate gay people. You know what? The gut takes over at that mm-hmm. point, you know? And, and that's where... Oh, God, all those gosh darn college professors um, preaching uh, gays are okay. They need to go to hell, and, and it, they're speaking from their gut. I when all the college professors are really doing is saying that, hey, gays are humans too. I, I think as educators, the onus is on us. And I, I, I look at this situation with Trump and fake the, the prevalence of fake news on social media in, in you know places like Fox News, and I feel like we have failed. I do too. Mm-hmm. And one of the thrusts of Common Core, mm-hmm. and I don't like Common Core in all its facets, but is this idea that you 
give evidence, doggone it. Yes. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And as English teachers, doggone it, students, stop making claims. I mean, we're eighth grade teachers. Come on. Stop making claims unless you can back it up with evidence. And evidence basically comes down to sight, sound, taste, touch, and feel. And and that's it. That is it. It and comes down to that. And the feel thing is about this, you know, like, you know, and so, because the feel is the one thing that's not tangible, obviously, other other mentioned the sense that you mentioned. So, but it, what makes it relevant is that Tommy called me this and makes me feel really, really bad. I feel bad right. about that. Oh, the feel as in the, the gut. Feels. Because the feel thing not being no, tangible like, is sort of an oxymoron. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. the feel is, okay, I feel bad about this. Right. That's my right. opinion. The it's gut, that, yeah. And, and, but Which is we got to get away from but that. That's not a fact. But the fact is, why, okay, but the fact lies in this. Well, why do you feel bad about what Tommy said? So because that's Tommy what we this. need to center on in, in, in getting away from your gut and going more on logic and on evidence. Yeah, more spots. Exactly. We as teachers need to teach them to be critical thinkers, and we need to teach them how to tell the difference between fact and fiction. So there was a Stanford study done, and several conclusions were very dismaying. One, 80% of the students who were surveyed... Stanford, by Stanford, 80% of students could not tell the difference between the the real news... And a sponsored ad. So sponsored. Are, are these Stanford students or students of? These uh, are students from I think junior the, high through college. Yeah, who are the participants in this study? Okay. From junior high to college, and there was like I think there was like eight thousand. And thirty percent of students were given two Fox News articles. One was fake. One was real. Thirty percent couldn't tell the difference between what was real and what was fake. That's one third. One third. That's about the the polling for Trump. And and that's not just the only thing too, like. There was another study conducted by Ohio State University, and they found that 4% of Obama voters switched to Trump because of fake news. And they found, and this, this blew my mind when I saw this, they found that 12% of 2012 Obama voters believed that Clinton was in very poor health due to serious illness. 6%, no, I'm sorry. Way more than needed to swing elections. Since exactly. 8% of Obama voters from 2012 believed Pope Francis endorsed Trump, and 20% of Obama voters from 2012 believed that Clinton approved sales to Islamic jihadists, including ISIS. Yeah. And that 45% of 2012 Obama voters believed one of those three fake news stories. And that that fake news swung those voters enough. Four percent well, is enough to the swing electoral college in the three districts. I think it was one was in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. one was in uh, well the three. There's three states that three districts that put him over the top electorally. Less probably than Ohio, Florida, Ohio, Florida, yeah. Ohio, whatever, Florida yeah. and probably whatever it is, Pennsylvania, yeah. maybe Wisconsin. But four percent so, in a close election is enough. Yeah. And then, did you hear the tweet that he said it last week? Is I wish this country would just go back to pop a vote. It's much easier to win the pop. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> I know. Please, you, you shoot everyone. Oh, get everything that's been through the past. You shoot them in the face on purpose. Oh so my You God. were the president was for the antiquated electoral college that another country has, by the way, that was built on three fifths of a slave. All right, like, yeah. you know what? He probably would say with a straight face yeah. that he won the popular vote. Oh, because he thinks that there were millions of undocumented yeah. right. people California. in California. Right. Talking about fake news, that's a whole other issue. That is pure fake. There's no <laughs> evidence that any undocumented swing in any kind of vote. So we have to, as teachers, Joel, nail down yeah, we do. evidence. We do. We have to teach them Push how to it. tell the difference between Push fake it. and real news. Well, and reliability. Back to what Joel said earlier. Show me evidence. Yeah. yeah. Show me 
the evidence. Yeah. It goes back to the essay. Make a claim, back it up. Yeah. Now, now, but if we're going to say it to them, we have to say it to ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I heard on Fox News or heard on Breitbart. Yeah. Okay. Well, and if we say something, well, I just saw the news report on CNN or like, well, what makes yours more reputable than mine? Because people who lie in mine get fired. People who lie in yours get raises. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, where's your fact checkers and what did they discover? Did they make the phone call? Did they mm-hmm. ascertain the research paper that said otherwise? You know? Are they cited by other reputable sources? Exactly. Do you have Pulitzer Prize winners? Yeah. Exactly. On and on. So I, I think going forward, we really need to um, work on fake news, evidence, and and determining what's credible, what's reliable. Yeah. With that said, it's harder and harder in today's society. You know, the calculus, I'm reminded of something that a math teacher said to me back in El Camino when I was in eighth grade. And he said that um, calculators, you know, the greatest and worst thing for mathematicians gives your answer, the greatest thing because it gives your answers instantaneously, greatest and worst thing because it makes them so lazy now that they forget the process and how they got to the answer. Ah, in the first and months. that's what's so great about And so forward. I think that's what yes. technology and social yeah. media has done for us. You know, when we had to write a report, we had to go to a library, we had to go to a physical other. Uh, edifice, another building, a thing called library, pull a long drawer called Dewey Decimal System, yeah. look up books, find the book, read it. Books, by the way, that were not published until they were fully edited, fully vetted and edit by their editors, then about to be published. And if, again, there's the, the editors knowingly or unknowingly miss things, those books are open for defamation, lawsuits, yeah. and things like that. that. That America doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Because if because the internet is part of it is the internet. And you can just put anything on there Send, okay, whether it be Facebook as a comment or as a post or a retweet or Twitter for you for that matter or just like InfoWars or something like that. They can publish things and it's not vetted because their own editors are in it doing it also. Yeah, they're in it for their team. For their agenda, for yeah. their uh, mission, whatever yeah. it is no, that they're it's, in it for. It's absolutely their mission. All right, yep. so let's wind this Woo! down here. We could go on forever Wait, on this, this one. This is a multiple... Yeah. Podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> I told you not to bring me in, you guys. I told you not to do that. Putin has a very clear favorite in this race. He'd rather have a puppet as president of the United States. Why should you run the show? We have horrible views. Tell us because we need to know. Donald bought Chinese steel. Who we I should win these Who should really run the show? He's talking down our democracy. So this is the time in our podcast when we like to talk about some of the music, essays, books we've been reading lately. Do you have anything for us this week? Um, You better. Let me think. (laughs) Let me think. Oh, yeah. There was a little movie called Avengers Infinity War. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Blew my mind. I can't wait to watch it again. Oh, it didn't blow your mind. It, it blew my mind. It it shed tears, you said. I, I literally was shedding tears because it's one of those movies where, like, I've been watching these movies since 2008, the first Iron Man movie. Have you missed any? I've not missed any. I Have only... you missed any opening days? I've missed a few opening days. I can't even believe that. You watched Ant-Man? I watched Ant-Man. Wow, he's, he's dedicated. See? Yes. That, that's a sign. So I was in the movie. I was in tears. I've, I read all the comics. And there are spoilers in this. So hashtag spoilers. If, if you don't want to know what's going to happen in this movie, don't listen to this section of the podcast. But really, you should you should have already watched the movie. If you're, you're, if you're a true yeah. fan of Marvel, you should have already watched well, this. So. I, I love the, the whole series, but I'm not going to put up with those crowds. I knew what to expect in terms of characters engaging with Thanos 
and then what would happen. But I have to say, actually seeing it play out with these characters I've gotten to know, you know, over the last 10 years or... It was very emotional, surprisingly. I mean, these characters have loss. There's loss. There's, yeah. loss. There's lots of loss. That's what I'm reading between lines but, here, Joel. But the characters, <laughs> I mean, they infiltrated your emotional life. Now, I got to ask as a non... I love the movies, but I'm not a, a comic guy. Yeah. So, what is that Thanos' power? So Thanos has been trying to collect different stones, and they have oh, that's powers right. okay. to put I onto his that. gauntlet, okay. like time, soul, power. But um, what was his? What made him powerful before he got his first stone? Because so he, he was obviously a powerful being. He basically that. comes from a group of people called the Eternals, and they're they're like demigods almost. They're super powerful just by themselves. Okay. And then you put this gauntlet with all the infinity stones on there and he is just Does he have a unstoppable. Does he have a background in what makes him evil? Yeah, are all the Eternals are evil? So so the Eternals um according to the updated Marvel MCU version, their planet was suffering from immense poverty and suffering and Thanos is like So he's a total Trump guy. Uh, there you go. He basically said, "Well, the way we solve this is by killing half the population randomly. And they're like, you're crazy. We're not going to kill half the population. They all end up being resourced to death, like lack of resources. And so he then turns around and says, see, I was right. Our planet failed. Our planet fell apart because we didn't kill half the population. So his goal then is to collect the gauntlet, get all the stones, and kill half of all life in the universe. So his point of view is like, hey, I just want to be able to kick back, watch a sunset, and know that I killed half the universe, allowing the other half to thrive. And so, of course, the Avengers come in and go, well, we're not going to let you do that. And they try to stop him. So it it was an amazing, amazing movie. I literally was on the edge of my seat. My heart was racing. And it's not the movie you would expect because you think like, oh, it's the Avengers fighting Thanos. No, it's Thanos fighting the Avengers, if that makes sense. It's kind of like Ocean's Eleven, you know, but Thanos from his perspective, it's him trying to Get the Infinity War. So it's it's way more time spent with Thanos. Yes. Is that a turn off? No. Because Josh Brolin is amazing. He brings emotion to the character. And you see in a very heartbreaking moment. Is Deadpool in the movie? I wish, but no. There's a heartbreaking moment, though, when Thanos shows that he's not just a monster. He does have the capacity to love. And that's where they're setting up the next movie. it is a violent, horrible scene. Wow. Because he does love. And because Are of that. Are you kidding? It's like... Is it sexual? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of... But I recommend it. Go watch Infinity War. Start. I don't feel so good. You're all right. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Sir, please. All right, Joel. So what are you reading or what are you watching? Well, or you know what? I will just bring up another great show, but it's a series on HBO. Westworld has started again, and it is just, I mean, talk about philosophy as fiction. I mean, it really makes you think about where we're going as human race. And um, it just, it literally picks up right where they left off in a great way. I just love the series, and I'm so stoked that it started again. So how did the first season end? The first season ended with um, a lot of the um, hosts who are these robots, who are these um, who are becoming sentient, slowly unconscious, um, killing the humans. Mm. 
Um, and maybe in not really a lot, just a handful. Really, right. really two. Right. Well, if you count the main ones, and, yeah. and and it makes you think that maybe the the humans um, knew that it was going to happen, and might and probably Ford well, in one Ford case. Knew. Yeah. Ben Ford. Ford knew. Ford designed his death. Right. Right. And he will come back, I assume, in in another um, a sentient robot whose maybe consciousness was lifted from the human into the robot. Is that what you're? Well, there was one um, Ford was creating, you know, there was another one, and who's to say that his consciousness wasn't, wouldn't be done? Right. Because much right. longer like we did with Bernard. Right. Um, Bernard, Bernard had no idea. Right, you know? right. Bernard is, is another of the um, originators of the robots. How and, you have not, you've not watched Westworld. I have not watched You would it, be, man. I think, very much man. into that movie. I need to watch it. Just, because the, like you said, the philosophical implication, what is it to be human? What is it to be intelligent? What what do we do when someday robots are sentient? Right. And it's going to happen I mean, not in our lifetime, but in a thousand years or yeah. so. Let me ask you something. Do you think that they deserve the same status as humans? Yes. I do too. Like I consciousness. Totally do. do you think consciousness, consciousness is the dictates? Key. Because it's the key, look, yeah. Look, look what we, look what we not do. soul, For which many Christians would say. We don't eat dog because we think dogs are smarter than cows and pigs. When we know that, when actually we know that pigs now, your pigs are actually as smart, if not smart, than dogs. Yeah. So will we stop eating pork as much, you know? Yeah. Um, but. We're talking about generational things. Thousands of years we've eaten pork and still Plus, good. bacon is delicious. And bacon is delicious. But if you <laughs> were to, <laughs> but I would dare say that if you had a pig as a pet, you probably would. Chances are, unless you're just a monster, you'd probably start eating bacon over time. Like, yeah. like babe. Yeah, you would start doing that. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> would you? Could you ever imagine eating a cat? Oh hell no! Because no. you and Christine have two cats, and you love them. Yeah, we love our cat. Yeah. Besides, but another culture eats cats. Another culture eats dogs. Thing. When I ask my uh, sons, you know, we keep on making all this progress in society, but what's the next step? Where Where are we going so wrong? Uh, and they say, invariably, all three of my sons, they say, oh, dad, with, with, with animals. That's our next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we, we are treating vegetarians. Them, we all really do. We were treating them so poorly. Zoos are going to be gone in 100 years, they say. I'm like, really? I, I, there's two sides to that story. And they said, no. I mean, the one side will win. And it's really interesting to talk to, to the younger generations. The younger gen- they make me feel, I mean, there's not to say that all younger people are smart, but the younger people, they are, you know, they're our future, you know, and they do tend to have more empathetic, brighter, more progressive Because they're building off what we have, right, and so they can can fine-tune. I think we've seen that for sure, like in the whole debate over gun control. Heartland. Oh, yeah. But on the issue of AI, though, I've been watching some interviews with this artificial intelligence, so their name was... Her name is Sandra or something. I think Will Smith did an interview with her and some other people from tech. Is she an artificial intelligence? AI. And she's able to carry on full-on conversations. So and they that's have something art- called the Turing and test. They've, they've made it to where her face can articulate emotions. Wow. It's crazy. This well, how about the, the movie? This is how just the start. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen her. Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. It really... And, uh, what? It's called her, and it's a oh yeah, yeah. I love it. a guy. He basically how about talked, AI? Yeah, AI right even, just got panned, and Jim I Law. just cried the whole time. Was, was, you, I can't believe Law. nobody loved it. I'm like, holy smokes, this movie is amazing. <laughs> the movie got panned, and you cried the whole. Time. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I knew where it was going. Movie, nobody though. got that movie. Yeah. Jude Law and Jude Law is the robot. He's yeah. just like, I, 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 I thought there was. <laughs> what was that line they said at the end? Something like that. Yeah. Oh lordy. You know, I think if you think you were. 
and, and, and just because we can think about things like, you know, politics and religion and art and all this other stuff, all and all an animal can think about is like, where am I my next meal? Where am I, you know, this, this scratch I need to scratch? It's still thought. It's still right. sentience. <clears throat> it's, it's still sentient quality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, who is that? Who said that? Was that Nietzsche who said, uh, I think, therefore I am? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, I think there's an element of truth in that. Right. Consciousness is an indication that there is life. Now, I don't know that I would... <laughs> make a robot equivalent to a human being, just like I wouldn't say a pig is equivalent or um, a dog or a cat is equivalent to a human being. I always tell my cat that, like, hey, I'm a human, you're a cat, get off the couch, this is my spot. Uh But I I think it does say that we shouldn't... Mistreat them. Mistreat them. Or even eat them, for that matter. Or even eat them. I I wouldn't eat my cat, but I do love bacon. So that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast. You could do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, or iTunes. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find this show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation on Tap. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Woo. And thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you. Fun. Thank you.